chapter six of the book of love by paolo montegazza this librivox recording is in the public domain conquest and voluptuousness if man elevates his loves to the highest spheres of the ideal if he can be called the most sublime lover on the terrestrial planet he can boast of having had from nature the largest cup at the banquet of voluptuousness he can also boast of being able alone among the living creatures to die of pleasure and to end his life with lasciviousness certainly a tremendous thing is the embrace of a man and a woman who love each other so tremendous that before this hurricane of the senses the painter lets the brush fall from his hand the physiologist loses the thread of analysis and the philosopher is bewildered by the ferocious grandeur and the brutish sublimity of that act in which every human force seems to be offered as a holocaust to animal fecundation the avowed or secret aim of every love the dream of every virgin and rage of every lust the torment and delight of every man voluptuousness is the greatest pleasure of the senses but it is also the deepest abyss into which vulgar loves fall at every step and where the great ones too are submerged voluptuousness tremendous word that recalls the most ardent scene of life and the greatest chaos which concentrates wherever an organism is born or destroyed formless chaos from which flashes radiate and where elements quiver and earthquakes rumble and thunder chaos in which good and evil are so near as to mingle confuse and melt together chaos in which angel and brute join in close embrace and human individuality vanishes for a moment to give way to a fantastic monster half man and half woman half god and half demon chaos from which a man is born just as from another chaos arose the cry that generated light i open the book of human deeds and read in sardinia the saint Louis belle killed with her exuberance of carnality the young king martin the second of sicily of the house of aragon him who gave the last blow to the independence of sardinia subjecting to his dynasty that part of the island which was still free in fourteen o nine he had gained a splendid victory over francolione doria and the viscount of narbonne when he himself was defeated in turn by the bell of st lory who modern judith killed the aragonese king with the fury of her kisses la marmora itinerario in sardinia etc page two seventy the empress theodora was the source of such exquisite delight that it was said that painting and poetry were incapable of delineating the matchless excellence of her form the satirical historian has not blushed to describe the naked scenes which theodora was not ashamed to exhibit in the theatre after the mention of a narrow girdle which she wore as none could appear stark naked in the theatre procopius adds anna peptocui ah after exhausting the arts of sensual pleasure she most ungratefully murmured against the parsimony of nature wishing a fourth altar on which she might pour libations to the god of love after having been possessed by everybody she seduced justinian who made her his wife and called her a gift of the deity given the decline and fall of the roman empire the old age of david was worn by the young shunammite and hermippus lived to be one hundred and five years old sustained by the spirit of many young women 
bible these few examples will be sufficient to delineate in a general way the frontiers within which human voluptuousness struggles an insatiable author of so much good and so much evil and yet in the eyes of science it is nothing but the most powerful of chemical affinities comprehended by the most perfect of living brains prepared in the slow laboratory of a man and a woman the gemuli of life intensely seek each other and are reciprocally attracted and when love gathers them by millions and millions they kiss and join and quivering restore one of the most prodigious equilibriums of nature and generate a man if it is true that at every second a leaf detaches itself and falls from the human tree it is most true that in the same unit of time ten existences at least are fused in order to relight the torch of life and if all the gigantic forces which are condensed in those aggregations could be summed up they would certainly be sufficient to send the world through infinite space without the aid of the laws of newton in the hut of the savage and in the gilded halls of the prince on the soft cushions of new-mown hay and on the glaciers of the serata on the swift train and on two camels crossing the desert within the damp walls of the prison and in the deep mines where the rays of the sun never penetrate in the forests and on the sands of the seashore wherever a man and a woman find themselves near and can desire each other voluptuousness wreathes its garlands and says to the man and the woman be gods for an instant there is no love without voluptuousness but voluptuousness alone is not love as that is not love which is ridiculously termed platonic lust and platonic love are maladies or monsters of love and are possible nay even too prevalent like the deaf mutes the lame the deformed the giants and the dwarfs there is no conquest without possession of the thing conquered just as there can be no love without voluptuousness take the flower from the tree the fruit from the flower and you will have a faithful image of all those amorous reticences which hypocritically stop at the threshold of the temple and incapable alike of chastity and courage of vice and virtue drag a wretched existence in the limbo of bastardly affections often duty must be stronger than love and the principles of honesty forbidding love must be conquered with a cruel and incredible torture but it is better to be heroes of duty than brigands acquitted for lack of proofs often despised despicable always if you truly love if you can love then love in the name of the most powerful of the gods of olympus love in the name of nature in the name of the most sacred of rites leave aside all amorous casuistry the worst of human hypocrisies leave aside the hope of winning with your reticences and your compromises with conscience the goliath of the sentiments how many have i beheld after long sentimental tirades on platonic love and after bitter tears and vows of virtue sink from hypocrisy into hypocrisy and down to lasciviousness how many guilty lovers did not wish sin and had vice did not wish guilt and had prostitution all or nothing such is love's command break down the tree that you cannot cultivate be everything to somebody demand to be everything to your companion do not try to divide the indivisible do not attempt to overthrow the omnipotent to win over the invincible with love you cannot jest any compromise is impossible voluptuousness even in its purest and simplest forms without love is always lasciviousness it is immoral even when it seems hygienic with love even lust is virtue and the studied casuistry of theologians is more immodest than the most ardent kiss ever exchanged between two lovers educated by a long experience of embraces voluptuousness is as penetrating as light as inexhaustible as the sun and enclosed between two infinities one of desire and the other of languor it will never be all known by the human family were it to live for millions of centuries all forms of the beautiful are conquered by the blandishments of art 
all forms of virtue are the delight of the sentiment of the good every great and true idea is the joy of our thought the voluptuousness relishes simultaneously all the joys of the senses of sentiment and of intellect calms all morbosities extinguishes all fires intoxicates itself with all inebriations high and low with all languors all human flashes voluptuousness is a light which gilds every object it strikes and encircles it with a halo of celestial iridescence nor is the embrace of love alone voluptuous voluptuousness is in every contact of quivering robes of glossy hair voluptuousness is in every quiver of the skin in every shock of the nerves in every kiss of the flesh unfortunate he who has taste of voluptuousness only out of the one cup of venus let him take lessons of woman wisest teacher of every exquisite and sublime sensuality a boeotian in art let him go to athens and study the beautiful there is no worse enemy of voluptuousness than lust no sister more faithful than chastity if the poet the painter the sculptor could conceive this divine group the joy of love guided by the hand of chastity that representation whether due to pen brush or chisel would be as holy a thing as an altar a lesson in virtue and a great work of art fire enclosed in balabaster the sun abducted by the wave enamoured and jealous hercules led by a child lovers who love and possess each other lovers whom voluptuousness inebriates every hour if you still have an instant to devote to prudence remember that voluptuousness should not be the bread but the wine of love that if you wish that your lips be eternally thirsty your voluptuousness must be chaste and modest you must swim but not drown you must quiver but not fall into convulsions you must be in the grasp of death but not dead modest voluptuousness this priceless treasure was given by nature to woman that she may restore it to you with unbounded joys and you should respect it as a palladium of domestic happiness and nurture it in your daughters because verily i say unto you that in modern society there is often more pudicity in the lowest of courtesans than in some married women whose nuptial education has been imparted by an aged and libertine husband End of chapter six